0: listening to the rainmaking podcast hosted by high stakes headhunter author and professional speaker Scott Love. Doug Went is an accomplished executive who developed the Went Partners Business Growth Consulting model through nearly 25 years of experience across the enterprise software, electronics, aerospace and quality systems fields. This included worldwide management of new product launches, channel sales, and technology marketing and sales efforts. Doug studied professional writing at Baylor University, then received his BA in philosophy from Franciscan University, and his Master's of Arts in Public Communication from the American University. I've got with me on the Rainmaking podcast, Doug Went, a close friend of mine. And our topic title today is Pivoting Your Sales Efforts into a Sales Strategy That Works. Doug, thanks for joining me again on our show. Always a pleasure, Scott. You bet. And for those that don't know, I have another podcast called The Partner Podcast for Law Firms where I interviewed Doug and he gave some good insights on business development. And today we're going to talk about sales efforts. So let me ask you this. Let's kind of get some working definitions when you're talking about sales efforts and sales strategy, what, what are some working definitions for people in terms of what you mean when you talk about the efforts and the strategy?
1: That's a great question. We're talking about any activity that specifically moves you closer to generating or sustaining revenues for the company. Got it. And it's important to understand that because we tend to think of sales purely in terms of new sales with ah. new people right? New prospects who we don't know. And that has been our traditional metaphor. And that is important, but it represents maybe in many businesses, 30% of your overall revenue opportunity.
0: Right. So what do you mean? So what's the other, uh, let's see, 100 minus 30 is 70. What's the other 70? There yeah,
1: we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're what's the a other Naval Academy 60? grad, right? That's right. I yeah, you were yeah. a smart guy. I'm yes. glad I didn't run out of
0: <laughs> fingers on that one. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, some of the terminology and some of the statistics that I'll reference are specifically oriented toward the business-to-business environment. So, generally speaking, that's technology companies, industrial businesses, and professional service firms. Okay. The techniques that we're going to talk about may also be applicable to the consumer environment, depending, but the bottom line is my frame of reference for our discussion is going to be B2B. Okay. So if
0: it was somebody doing, let's say, high level real estate to a couple, that would kind right. of
1: fit this also. Okay, I got it, I got it could it. right because it's a what we call a considered sale. So it's uh, it involves uh, trust, it involves relationship development, it involves a complex decision.
0: Wait, a considered sale—that's what it's mm-hmm. actually called. It's a thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, wow. it's a thing, a considered sale. I like these yes. big
0: words you're bringing on here. I'm
1: know? trying to elevate it more to a West Point level of sophistication. <laughs> Whoa! Oh! Is oh! A, that is, that <laughs> is my favorite vocational college, by the way. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to get cut. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the statistics that's very important in the business-to-business world or in any kind of complex considered sale is that. About 30% of your revenue opportunities are sitting in new account sales and 70% are sitting in other underutilized resources or untapped resources. These include growing business with current customers by offering them services or products they don't even know you have. Right. Okay. This includes asking for referrals, which obviously are to generate new relationships, but they begin with a relationship you already have with a customer. Right. Not to mention partner networks to develop collaborative partnerships very much like ours, where two complementary service or product companies work together. When you add all that up in the B2B marketplace... Yes, the average B2B company will generate 80, 90% of its sales from new business, but that's only because it's leaving 70% of its opportunity on the table. So it's not what do people do, it's what could they do. And the statistic that backs this up is... The research that shows that between 92 and 97% of a B2B company's current customers are not aware of all the services or products it has to offer and only think of that company in the context of whatever the point solution is they're getting from you today.
0: So, in betwixt all these fancy words and big numbers that you've thrown out, which I that are yes, (laughs) I mean, I'm just a phone jockey, man. I just pick up the phone. (laughs) I know I have
1: to scale it down to the Annapolis (laughs) level. It's all good. That's right. That's right. It's all
0: good. So, so let me
1: let me ask you this.
0: With the big thing that's on everybody's mind as this podcast is being produced with the COVID crisis. Absolutely. And uh, you make it COVID 19 because that's the number of pounds each of us are going to gain during this crisis. <laughs> so, so I'm actually losing weight oh, because right? I have to walk
1: up and down eight flights of steps twice oh a day to gosh. walk the dog.
0: No el- so right. no el- I'm, el-
1: I'm here to be the one exception that proves the rule. But Scott, yes, you were saying because you're gaining 19 pounds, it's all good. Right,
0: right, Go right. So, so somebody listening to this right now, yes. and this podcast is targeted exactly to those people you're talking about, people that are yes. professional services firms, people that sell to companies, or the considered sale that uh-huh. you mentioned, they built their businesses on handshakes and in-person networking. How can they pivot from that to something that could be less personal in this environment? What are your thoughts about the whole, everything is all inside sales now? So talk about that.
1: That's a great question. And there are two answers that I will propose. One, answer number one is yes, you've probably built your business on handshakes and in-person networking, but you've probably dramatically under-nurtured those handshake relationships and those networks. And this is something we find time and time again. If we were to sit down with the average B2B entrepreneur or executive or salesperson and say, you know, out of the top hundred business relationships you have, how frequently do you stay in touch with those people with something more than a, Hey, what's up? Right. And you'd be astounded that the numbers are extremely low. So point number one is don't fool yourself into thinking that you've been really aggressively maintaining your network before because you probably weren't. And that's not a criticism. It's a statement of likely fact. And the advantage to understanding and accepting that is it means we're not really asking you to stop doing something you've been doing. We're asking you to start doing something that you need to do, but in a particular way. And so instead of doing new programming and delivering new content in person or taking someone out to lunch, have those conversations, have those discussions virtually, but still have them. So the first thing that we're telling clients to do is talk to all of their existing customers with the plan to not just say, hi, how are you doing? But I'd like to schedule 20 minutes to catch up with you and talk about where you're at and what what are your challenges that you're facing, whether it has anything to do with what we're doing for you or not. Let's just talk. And I'm telling you, that is huge right there. Yeah. And then on top of that is to actually offer some value. Right. Exactly. It's about the relationship.
0: You know, what's interesting with the crisis is that I think some opportunities have come out of this, not just in business, but at least for myself, it's bringing me back to the good old habits of calling everybody when you don't need it. When I used to do a lot of speaking, I'd talk about more business, better business, all the business. You want to get more business, pursue business even when you don't need it. So that way you can narrow it down to those choice clients and get better business, higher margins, quicker payments. They ask you what they think they should do. And then eventually all the business where you become the single point of provider for the service, or if it's a big company, you want to be the first one considered. And so I'd kind of gotten cozy slash lazy with relationships that were good. But when things changed, a lot of my clients, their priorities changed. And fortunately, I had a warm enough Rolodex to be able to go out and reach back to those some some of those people. But I just hadn't been in touch with, but I should have been, saved it, and I'm busy again. And so I think that, that what you're talking about That's classic sales. Uh, And this is, I would say, new people. These are things you're going to learn if you've been doing this for a while. We're not telling you anything you don't know. You just need to be reminded and to start doing it. Are there any tactical ways that somebody could get organized with all this? I mean, they've got hundreds of ideas swimming around in their head. I've got all these people I've got to reach. I just don't have any sort of system to get me started. So I'm going to do what I always do when I feel stressed. I'm going to ignore it. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or call the five to 10 people that you know you're going to have a great personal conversation. That's right. But it's not going to go beyond that.
0: What action steps can you give us in terms of, uh, I mean, I know we're going to talk about specific actions. Sure, absolutely. What, what ideas related to getting organized to pursue and reach out to these people.
1: Yes. And by the way, you mentioned another category of opportunity that's sitting out there, which is people who've never actually done business with you, but you might've sent them a quota or a proposal or mm-hmm. started a sales cycle in the past. That's another uh, group of relationships just waiting to be developed. OK, mm-hmm. so first is to understand these different categories mm-hmm. and then is to organize who is in those categories. And then you have to put it in a system. And, okay. you know, when so I you, say system,
0: you say what you just said again, yes. Really so good. the
1: first is to organize what these categories are. Your current okay. will say your current strategic relationships your client relationships or customer relationships, your current more tactical ones, the people who aren't necessarily asking you what they should do, but they're still doing business with you and they're perfectly happy. Okay. Then the people who've done business with you. Let me
0: pause right there. What what are the categories? How else could we segment this bucket of names? Sure.
1: So group one is, I'll call them your strategic client relationships, the people who get it, where you're coming from, and you have that real tight synergy. Then you have good customers people who pay the bill on time mm-hmm. they're good you know business you have an understanding but they don't necessarily think strategically at the level that you're trying to get them to Okay. So that's A and B. And then after that, you have people who've done business with you in the past, but aren't Mm -hmm. current Mm -hmm. accounts, they're dormant. Then you have people who've never done business with you, but you put a proposal or a quote on the table in the past, or you start a sales cycle. Then there's people that are in your relationship of uh, networks and other networking connections. And then there's your strategic partners who can bring business to you.
0: Vendors, people like that.
1: Vendors, yeah. uh, referral partners, subject matter experts in complementary fields. Wow. Yes, that and in like fact, for I, I mean, it's a whole, it's a structured <laughs> approach, right? Right, right. Thinking right. in these categories and then realizing, you know, what I've got business opportunities here. I've got business opportunities here. I've got them here. So by creating that initial sort of relationship map, the first thing you realize is you're not alone,
0: right?
1: Okay, and that you're in an ecosystem of relationships you've worked very hard to build. Now it's time to maintain and strengthen it. And so one of the things that starts to happen is that you start to realize you can make connections, like a switchboard operator. I have introduced current clients of our firm to other firms. I've introduced uh, vendors of ours to clients of ours. You know, being a connector is really important right now because if you're the person who introduces, for example, we have a client who received uh, in, in the COVID environment, a CARES Act, they received their Paycheck Protection loan, their triple P loan. But there's a huge debate about how do I make sure that that loan is properly dispersed so I maximize the forgiveness? I introduced them to a firm on the West Coast who's holding a webinar through another client of our company. Right. And now they're connected. That has no direct role. Like we, our firm is in is in business growth. We do sales, marketing, we do branding, strategy. We're not a finance and accounting firm, but we knew the right person to make an introduction to, and they are extremely thankful that we did. Okay. Right. Now, the other aspect of your question is you have to have a system. The average business person, the average human can manage between 30 and 50 relationships in some level of consistency between their mind and their date book or their physical rolodex. So, so none of us is limited to 30 to 50. We all have hundreds of relationships. Right. It has to be in a platform. That's what a CRM or customer relationship management is for.
0: So, tell me about that then. So, I like what you're saying. It sounds very logical. I've got this uh, this bucket of business cards or whatever. I mean, right? I mean, I mean bucket
1: of biz cards. Yes.
0: <laughs> or it's all on my Outlook emails, and I've got yes. some of them, and, and I'm going to segment them into those different buckets, those different uh-huh. categories. And then what what CRM uh, should I look at? Should I look at spending a lot of money on one? Should I do one that has up to a certain number of names for free? What What do you recommend somebody get started in with that?
1: Sure. So, first of all, in a nutshell, the value proposition for using a a CRM tool is that it allows you to categorize your relationships and then organize and automate tasks to support them. So people who meet certain criteria, maybe in one of your target industry sectors that's really important, and this is a high strategic level relationship, you can set the system to remind you to always touch base with them on a certain frequency and you can use things like email templates to make it easier to write, rapidly write customizable communications to a large group of individuals, but on a one-to-one basis. So there are lots of things you can do. The good news is right now there are a lot of tools available, many of which have a free level. The one that we generally recommend in the B2B market is HubSpot, which has a very sophisticated free level and a very affordable entry level. When you move to the paid editions and we have clients who are using the free edition who are using the entry-level edition we have clients who are using the very sophisticated enterprise edition and they're all very very pleased with the product so that's one that comes to mind there are certainly others but the key is not just to get started in using it but to think about how to structure it right so where we spend a lot of time with our clients is organizing the framework for how they want to view their business relationships framework. in the it's categories the that we talked about. That's, so that's in another the, big fancy two syllable. Uh, yes, another. <laughs> big, <laughs> again, I keep going up the Hudson River instead of down stretch to the Chesapeake Bay. And it's rough times for the Navy boys. So, um, so the <laughs> hey, if framework
0: wasn't good enough. It wouldn't be minimum.
1: That's <laughs> the framework can be any number of, of elements that help you. Prioritize and act. So, one of them is what we already talked about, or what we already talked about, which is the different sort of categories of your business relationships, right? The other is industries, maybe location, maybe the size of the client company, maybe the nature of your business contacts. So, over here is the group of companies that I have a C level contact at. Over here is the group of companies that I have a non C level contact at. You know, one of the challenges a lot of us have in B2B is if we don't have a C level contact, we might have a really enthusiastic business relationship, but that person doesn't always have decision-making authority. So these are different kinds of conversations we have to have. Right. So let me ask you, let's say it's
0: not a C-level contact, but it's somebody that can work your way up the food chain in that organization. But what would you call that person within your system?
1: Sure. So different people use different terminology. I call them influencers.
0: Right. Yeah. Me too.
1: Right. Okay. So for example, we're actually working on a a project right now uh, that began with uh, an individual who was the technical marketing lead in a client company and uh, we were introduced by another contact to him and then we aligned and determined what the strategy is that we want to move forward and he introduced me to the ceo and we ended up starting an engagement so the key is to align right is to build that relationship
0: i see got it got it so then what next
1: In which direction, in terms of how to actually act, like how to get going?
0: We've got everything started. We've got it all systemized. Should we call people? Should we email them? Should we reach out to them on LinkedIn? saying, I'd like to schedule a short call with you or whatever. What, what do you recommend? Sure. So first of going? all,
1: all of those are good ideas and important steps. And the first thing to keep in mind is that in this environment, the more you can be present in as multiple formats as possible, the better. So since we can't be in person, absolutely your voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Make that phone call. Even if you just leave a voicemail, If this is, we're talking about people that you have some level of relationship with, at least in the majority of these categories, they need to hear from you. Yes, send an email, schedule a discussion. Don't just say, hey, let's talk. In fact, in a lot of these tools, including HubSpot, you can coordinate your calendar and set up a self-scheduling button. So like in my email signature, I have a call to action button that says, click here to schedule 20 minutes to catch up with me. And that actually live checks my calendar and books meeting times with me in a manner that fits within whatever parameters I set. Encourage people to schedule time to talk to you so it's a real conversation doesn't have to be long, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on the relationship, maybe 45, but the bottom line is schedule time to catch up with people. And so, by the way, one other thing to add to that, sure. make sure to have at least one personal piece of information to share. And I think that's particularly important in this environment because I'm learning that people have a lot of personal struggles they're working with and they don't know if you're okay with talking about the challenge of working with your kids screaming in one room or the dog going nuts in the other room or their elderly parents who they're worried about their health or whatever. If you let them know, hey, by the way, I just figured I'd mention, you know, I know we're all struggling with some of these things. Here's one of the things that I'm struggling with. It opens the conversation up. in a way that people go,
0: ah. And you know what, Doug? One thing, let me talk about that because I think it's really interesting is that for people that don't know my practice, I recruit partners for big law firms and sometimes I'll speak at sales meetings for pretty much any industry. And which I'm not actively pursuing right now. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: I did a I virtual think one That yesterday. was
1: such a Navy grad advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> help it. Operators are I'm standing sorry, by Scott, to not take your inquiry on this opportunity. That's right. Right.
0: Uh, right. I, I actually did one yesterday. It was on building resilience muscles for Ooh, the American Staffing Association. That's a it. Great, it great topic. Oh yeah, yeah. Because sales is filled with adversity. So we talk about what are some <laughs> systematic ways you can pick yourself up. Dust yes. up, pick up the phone again, but to kind of get back to my point yes. is that the a unique feature of this crisis I found is that I need to block out more time when I'm calling people, even strangers when I'm cold calling. Cause in my recruiting business, I don't cold call for business. I call partners to recruit them. Right. And most of those are calls that uh, either I reach out or one of my colleagues tees up the call for me. Uh-huh. And, and I've noticed I'm what normally is a 15 minute call. It's 30 minutes now. I think this crisis has bonded us together as a society because everybody in the world is going through this and we all have some of the same issues. How are you doing up there? Before we talk about this, Joe, how are you doing? Which I would never say to anybody when, before this crisis, I never say, how are you doing because it's disingenuous what
1: you really care? No, right. <laughs> I want to sell you something. <laughs> yes, that's a very interesting distinction. You're right. Right,
0: right. but now I do care. And, and now I, I don't even care if they say yes or no
1: a lot of times. And even right. in my
0: voicemail messages, I'm telling people, even if you don't want to leave your firm, if you just want to call me, I talk to everybody. I know people. I'd be happy to share a perspective on what's going on in the industry, even if you don't yes. want to leave your firm. And kind of taking that goal of got to convert it to, eh, just want to make a friend. And maybe if I can help them out. And I think for whatever reason, it's working. I, I, I think it just, it takes the pressure out of that part of call, which yes. I don't even put any pressure in anyways. But I think that what you're talking about, I think this is an optimal time. I think in every adversity, there always is going to be a benefit. And things like you and I talked about before, how are you doing? Well, got to refinance my home, push my taxes back 90 days try to get a loan that I don't have to pay back. You know there's some opportunities. Yes. There's some opportunities yes. here. And so I think this is an opportunity that if we look at this crisis, this is a chance that I get to go back to the fundamentals like I talked about before. I'd forgotten about the fundamentals. Me forgetting about fundamentals. Yeah, I did cuz I got sloppy and lazy and stopped going to the client prospecting gym, so to speak. Yes. And so so I like what you're saying here is I like the categorizing them into different segments or segment them into different categories of the people what mm-hmm. buckets you're going to put them in get a CRM and uh, start making calls reach out linkedin uh, sometimes i think that the only people making money on the internet are those selling information about how to make money on the internet yeah, there <laughs> is something <laughs> to that yes <laughs> right right but I, so i don't know if that's the way to go But do you think this is really the time to be asking for business? Once we build that rapport, we connect with people, how do you think we should segue to the ask? What do you Mm, think,
1: That's a spectacular question. And I'm going to answer that with a couple of points that I wanted to loop to from what you just said. First of all, everybody is now experiencing some of the challenges of what it's like to be a salesperson.
0: Right, you're
1: right. Because we are all sort of trapped in our bubbles or our boxes trying to communicate with people in ways that are challenging and uncomfortable. That's the sales profession in a nutshell. So suddenly everybody's in sales, even if their job isn't in sales per se, they're experiencing many of the existential challenges. And that should actually motivate and make us feel better because I've found that people are more receptive to a conversation right now because there's a certain understanding that we're all pressing against the headwind. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two is being helpful is a key part of the pitch here. For example, we have a client, we're doing a lot of marketing work for them. And the big question was, do we do a COVID-19 announcement like everybody else? Our offices, we've worked remotely, here's what we're doing. And we said, forget it. And let's also forget Using our communications necessarily to push product, what is it that people in our universe could be helped by? And this client decided to do, we did a series of pieces on where in their region funding is available for companies like the companies they do business with. And not only did they get a spectacular response rate, people started sharing it. It went viral in their community of companies and they got inquiries and orders out of it just from the goodwill alone
0: you know and i think that is a key feature of those organizations that truly understand how to build relationships that yes. when a crisis happens you don't want to send out a seven series webinar for three easy payments of 4.99 right. you know <laughs> you're right. to do it let's give something. Let's just not even have an ask. Let's just give something. Yes. Because you and I both know that does come back and there's a right time to go for the ask. Sometimes there's five steps before you go to the ask and there might be yes. five, three steps before you go for the ask. But I, I've always found asking people, what can I do for you? Is there anything I can do for you before I have any sort of an ask? Yeah. I think you have to be genuinely sincere about that. Uh, so Doug, we're kind of approaching the end of our time to get today. And- yes. We're going to have and you back. I, I do want me. to
1: just, I want to quickly answer the last piece of your question with two sentences. Okay, sure. What do we do to get to the ask when it's appropriate? Okay. Here's what we're finding. People are not sure what to do with their people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everybody's Mm -hmm. adjusting to working from home if they're in professional services. If they're not, they're adjusting to new shift cycles, new situations. That means this is a huge opportunity to actually offer positive advice and positive solutions. People are looking for solutions. We just hosted a webinar for a client where the question was, what are you all looking to do? And every company said, we're trying to figure out, we need help understanding how to make things happen. So this is absolutely a time to solve business problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, Doug, let's kind of summarize this into the three action steps. And folks, if you're new to this podcast, and a lot of you know, I'm rebranding this to the Rainmaking podcast it's been dormant for several years. I've been podcasting since two thousand nine. And remember, remember, did you ever have an iPod, Doug? Did you ever
1: have an iPod? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. You know, That's where I first heard you. I finally figured it out.
0: Is that right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all the way it, back then.
0: All the way back then. Oh and my gosh. back when people had iPods, nobody has an iPod yet. We still call them podcasts. And but anyway, so one of the regular sections of this format is going to be three action steps. What are three action steps somebody can take today to get started on what you're talking about? How do we apply it? Go what's your absolutely
1: step one configure set up and configure a crm tool right now i've suggested using hubspot's free crm right number two right now number two create create some kind of a content item a blog article an email newsletter or update uh, a white paper doesn't have to be fancy something to offer information of value to your contacts and partners so like
0: 500 words you could do something 500 words right oh
1: absolutely it does not have to be long it has to be useful And number three, convene. Bring people together. Even if they're just catching up, try to have a topic that people can talk about. But we're learning very quickly that in the online meeting environment, people need interaction. So give them a chance, convene. So configure, create, and convene.
0: I like that. That's awesome. That is very creative. Good job, Doug. Doug, tell us now about the offerings that you have if anybody wants to reach out to you and we'll put all of your contact information on the show notes. Absolutely. What's what's kind of the things that you get involved in? I know you get in some high-level consulting, but what are some of the things that, uh, that you do that our listeners could benefit from?
1: Sure. Our company is the B2B business growth company. So we combine business strategy, brand strategy, CRM, sales, and marketing to help B2B companies grow to the next level. What we're doing in this environment is we're actually working on both strategy and execution simultaneously. So we have a lot of clients right now who in that first month of working with us, we're setting up their CRM system, figuring out where their quick wins should be, helping them risk manage or risk assess their current uh, market and customer base and getting an initial strategy underway so they can start seeing results.
0: Got it. That's great. Doug, so you've got some good information here. I'm sure that people are going to be going to your blog and reading more about you and seeing about some of the other offerings that you have. We'll have you back on the show. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. And we'll have you back again real soon, Doug. Thank you. I look
1: forward to it, Scott, as always. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the rainmaking podcast podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.